Hello and welcome to Horatio and the Story of the Manor, a podcast by Andrew Davis. Episode 19, A New Kingdom One day, a Saleronicus lay back on her couch, pulling the legs off a live inverted woodlouse. A scout appeared at her side, not wanting to disturb Her Majesty as she sucked the contents of each leg dry, the scout stood and waited, a little restless with the critical news he brought. He waited impatiently as she gnawed each leg husk to a digestible powder with her razor-sharp teeth. Stop wiggling, scout! Saleronicus snapped, not even looking towards the hapless scout as she concentrated her attention and her teeth on the body of the unfortunate woodlouse. You look like you want to relieve yourself, jumping from leg to leg. The scout, 374, standing for 3rd Battalion, 7th Squad, 4th Least Important, was mortified, falling to his knees, saliva dribbling down his chest through his profusion of poorly fitting teeth. He bowed low, mumbling an apology. Then lifting his head while still in a kneeling position, he began, Oh, most ruthless and majestic Saleronicus, uncontested empress of the seven rooms, conqueror and vanquisher of all before her, I have exciting news. We have found another world to conquer. Unfortunately for 374, Saleronicus was neither patient nor nice, so before he had finished his little speech, her glass-like swords flashed from its sheath, cleanly removing 374's head from the rest of his body. I say head. With Salamis, it's rather hard to tell where head ends and body begins, but wherever it was, Saleronicus had hit the spot slightly before she realised what 374 was telling her. As 374's head and body hit the floor... In that order, Saleronica swore loudly, splattering saliva over herself and her attendants. I should say that because of the sheer number of teeth salamis have, and their lack of a nose, noisy breathing and saliva-splattering speech was the norm, so no one batted an eyelid. Oh, clamour, she swore. What was he saying about another world? Her attendants who looked at the bits of 374 and took lots of tiny little steps backwards out of the reach of her sword whilst bowing and scraping, didn't say a word because they didn't know. However, there was one brave one. I'm sorry, your spiciness, spattered the rather tall and regal-looking salami. It seemed that they didn't realise that avoiding words that started with S and F could help reduce their sprayings and spatterings. I don't know the answer to your question. Then, sucking up a stream of mucus that had started to trickle out of his mouth, he gulped as he saw the look in her eyes and added, But I will set forth straight away to sort this out. At that, he ran from her presence. The rampant salamis had rather big feet which strangely resembled hobnail boots and seemed impervious to slippery surfaces, so running with all the saliva around wasn't a problem. Thankfully, just behind a zombie bottle stood a small gaggle of scouts nibbling on ants and cracking rude jokes. Noticing that they had the same colours on their helmets as the unfortunate 374, the long-legged regal attendant grabbed one and found he also knew about the new world. After some arguments and a couple of lost limbs, they grew back quite quickly, one of them stepped forward to go before the empress. 
The tall advisor turned and walked briskly back to the throne room, with the scout following. He almost had to run to keep up. Entering the throne room area, it wasn't a room so much as a slightly raised platform, the advisor bowed very low. In fact, so low, his head seemed to touch the floor. Maybe he figured that it would make it harder for Saleronicus to remove it with her sword. Whatever the reason, bowing, the advisor waited. He didn't have to wait long. Saleronicus wanted to hear more. Well, she asked, what have you found? The letter F always seemed to eject saliva a considerable distance. Your Majesty, Empress of the Seven Rooms, Conqueror of Van... He didn't finish, as Saleronicus impatiently interrupted him, speaking directly to the new scout. Yes, yes, yes. Who are you, and what can you tell me about this supposed new world? The second scout also bowed. It wasn't a very good bow, and showed that he wasn't used to this type of thing. You see, for salamis to bow, they need to do so from the hips, as their bodies are reasonably resistant to bending, and he had obviously never practised. Your spiciness! I am three seven. At that, he caught sight of the previous scout being picked up in two pieces by some slave mice and removed from the throne room. With a quick bit of arithmetic, making allowances for the death of the first scout, it helped to have more than two arms and hands, he continued, Four. Uh, three seven four. That is, scout of the outer ranges. I was three seven five, but then he indicated with his head towards the remains of 374 being carried away. Then he caught the glare in the Empress's eyes, and quickly carried on after an especially noisy and slurpy sucking in of the breath. <laughs> we were scouting on the House of Rangers as normal, looking for enemies to conquer in your name, our Empress. It was, as it normally was, except that we had been forced to look after a wine bottle that had been found hiding the day before. Each F was so powerfully delivered that it covered the Empress and her still-bowing advisor with a spattering of phlegm infused with little pieces of ant. Of course, we've forced it to work hard, the new 374 continued, chained it and kept a close watch on it. Then, 374, not me, or the previous one, but, but, but the one before that, had the bright idea of using the bottle as a way to travel. Climbing onto the bottle, 374, sat, legs wrapped around its neck to keep it under control. But the bottle jumped up and ran straight into the wall. They really are foolish, those wine bottles. It didn't break, much to our surprise. But when we looked, 374 disappeared. He must have been thrown from the wine bottle, but we couldn't see him anywhere. We had just given up hope of finding his remains when we heard his voice coming from the heavens. Up here, his voice shouted. I can't quite tell you how bad an SH sound was for saliva delivery. When we tried to find him, all we could see was a wall, and then something fell on the floor at our feet. I am on another plane, came the voice of 374. We thought he must have become a ghost. 
Seeing impatience plant itself again on the Empress's face, and remembering what had happened to the previous 374, the new 374 hurried on to the significant part. In short, my Empress, we have discovered a series of plateaus. Each plateau is narrow and very steep and goes to yet another plateau, and all of them seem to be leading us forward into a series of giant steps out of this world into a new one. No doubt it is a world destined for your majesty's full and final conquest. Seeing her interest peaked with this news, 374 continued, We have discovered thirteen of these plateaus, each leading higher and further until eventually we reached a frustrating wall. Seeing a look of concern flit across the Empress's face, 374 hurried on, But at the bottom of that wall, your majesty, there is a great gap. And when we looked through it, that gap, we found a whole new world, a vast world, a bright world, and a world, as far as we can tell, where no salamis live. This latest news caused Salaronicus to frown. How could there be a world where no salamis lived? Hadn't they conquered the whole of the Seven Rooms eons ago? So what was this place? To cut a long story short, the expedition of the rampant salamis to conquer the new world began, starting at the bottom of the cellar stairs. Ella Beck had a lot of time on her hands. When you can't be seen, can't touch much and can't really interact with, well, anyone, you spend plenty of time on your own. The upshot of this was that Ella got to know the villages of Rot, Grot and Snot especially well and she was also particularly familiar with the manor. Interestingly, in the manor itself, it was often the shadows that caught Ella's attention and helped her pass her day. It was probably because they didn't know she was watching that Ella was able to see just how free and unbound they were. If someone like Rosebury, the Baron or Thornton came anywhere near, the shadows would make an effort to snap to whatever was nearest. Sometimes they even snapped to Ella herself, even though they didn't seem to realise she was there. Of course, this led to many double-takes by those coming into the room. Still, often the slight looking away in the middle of the double-take was enough for the shadows to sort themselves out. That said, if something caught the shadows' attention, then snapping to anything was entirely out of the question. Instead, they would crowd around whatever it was to take a closer look. As I said before, the shadows in the manor were very nosy. It was when no one was around that the shadows were most active, leaving their objects and getting on with their lives, often meeting and having animated discussions, although Ella never heard a word. As time passed, Ella started to get to know the characters of the more familiar shadows, even growing quite fond of some of them. She especially enjoyed the curtain shadows when the windows were open on a breezy day, for even though they could go wherever they wanted, they still got affected by the breeze, and this could be quite comical. Of course, it was the shadows that first noticed the rise of the salami civilization in the cellar. Ella found out about it when she followed a group of shadows being beckoned by, I think it was a shadow kettle, but I can't be sure. Once she knew about the salamis, she would often pop down to the cellar to see how they were doing. It both impressed and horrified her how quickly they developed from being simple, vicious and mindless cannibals 
to within weeks becoming a more organised and structured society of death-dealing menaces. She watched as the Salamis colonised the seven large rooms in the cellar, which became seven separate kingdoms. It saddened Ella when the war started. At first it was one kingdom against another, then within weeks it became one empire against another, until eventually the rise of the rampant Salamis had seen the realms unite under the rule of Samaronus the Great, or not so great as it transpired when he was assassinated and eaten by his own daughter, Saleronicus, who willingly took on the title Saleronicus the Destroyer and ruthlessly subjected the entire Salami Empire to her bitter and selfish will. Within days, creatures that had no part to play in the Salami's empire were overrun and enslaved, even the wine bottles. Those poor bottles, having been laid in the cellar many years before, had also developed a civilization, graceful and witty, with a great sense of humour. They had been quickly outnumbered and overrun, ending in their savage enslavement. Many of them were drained until empty, becoming zombie bottles with no will of their own. Instead, as slaves, they mindlessly did the will of their captors, the rampant salamis, until they were smashed and forgotten. It was a sad time for such a beautiful people. Ella loved watching all the drama of the cellar, the intrigue and action. What she hadn't expected was that the day would come when the rampant salamis would work out that there was more to the world than the seven rooms of the cellar. Once again, it was the shadows that alerted Ella to the change. While watching an argument between a shadow coal scuttle and a shadow ornamental pony, a gaggle of shadow coats and hats raced into the room and interrupted them. A very animated discussion took place between them all, the leader appearing to be a shadow deerstalker hat. Although she didn't notice it at first, eventually she realised that right at the centre of this conglomeration of shadows was a small shadow that looked remarkably like a salami. All the other shadows were pointing at it, then, after a short, animated discussion, they seemed to reach a consensus. At that, they rushed out of the room, leaving the shadow salami looking rather cross, which was the default look for salamis, as far as Ella could tell. Shortly after, it appeared to hitch up its shadow trousers, push forward what looked like a shadow flat cap, and march out of the room with its extra-large shadow hobnail boot-like feet. Ella couldn't help herself. She had to see what was happening, so getting up, she followed the determined shadow salami to see where it went. As she got up, the shadow salami paused, just for a moment, as if it had heard something. After a quick glance around the room, it took a deep breath, which Ella could only imagine being very noisy and salivary, and marched out into the hall. You must realise that salamis don't have particularly long legs, so it took quite a while for the shadow salami and Ella to reach the other shadows, it seemed that just about every shadow in the whole manor had turned up at the cellar door, which was slightly ajar. Coming up from the cellar were hundreds of real salamis, along with several zombie bottles and enslaved mice. Somehow, they'd even managed to get some chariots up from the cellar for the mice and rats to pull. Ella had arrived just in time to see Saleronicus herself emerge from the darkness of the cellar, the same look of awe that swept across the faces of all the Salamis as they came out into the new world only rested on Saleronicus's face for a moment, before being quickly replaced with hatred. Looking around her army and then at the shadows watching and talking and gesticulating to one another, 
Saleronicus raised her hand. Everyone, that is, every salami and every shadow, stopped talking and waited for the Empress to speak. I am Saleronicus the Destroyer, Empress of the Seven Rooms, and, she paused for a moment, Queen of all I survey. As she said this, she dramatically waved her long arms, pointing up and down the hallway that the cellar opened into. To be honest, this was probably far more impressive to the Salamis, who had never been out of the cellar before, than to everyone else who already lived in the real world. Today, she continued, I command the victorious, fortuitous, gallant, brave and noble fighting armies of the rampant Salamis to search, explore, seize and conquer all they find in this my new kingdom. Go everywhere, find out everything you can in preparation for the day that we take what is rightfully ours. I will return to the seven rooms and build an army the likes of which have never been seen before in preparation for our day of glorious victory. At that, Saleronicus lowered her hand and turned smartly back to the cellar stairs, obviously quite keen to get away from this new place. As she turned, the rampant Salami army cheered and roared their approval. Then, as she returned to the cellar stairs, commanders and leaders started ordering Salami soldiers and scouts around. Mice and rats were hitched to chariots, spiders were whipped to make them scurry up walls and act as spies. Preparations for the invasion had begun. Thanks for listening to Horatio and the Story of the Manor, a Tale to Tell media production. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to leave a review. You can do this on the app you're listening through or head over to iTunes and leave it there. A five-star review helps other people find the show. For social media links, support the show, or to get in touch, visit the website, horatio.one. Until next time, I'm Andrew Davis. 